He's going to do it himself. Thomas, shake, crossover, step back. And DeBrosa, young, safe, and Washington wins it. Nobody's hard. Picked off by Miller. Goes ahead. Lane's on the other wing. He finds oh, it. Oh! Oh! Yeah! Send it in, Jerome! Pass Bevendorf at the buzzer. Oh! Good! Good! They will check it. But if it stands, it's another Syracuse buzzer feeder to beat Connecticut. Woo! Gonzaga has time to do something. Sox for the win. Oh, oh yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The perfect season remains on go. Are you? Oh, my God. There is. There are. Jim, and then there are major with a kiss. Oh my goodness, one of the great games. We're live for episode three of the On the Line College Basketball Podcast. The date is January 27th, 2022, the year of our Lord. I'm joined as always by my host, Ben. Ben, how you doing? How's your bracket looking that you're making? That's right, folks. Uh, I said, how you, how's your bracket looking in January? Because this man, Ben, he's been in the lab on some bracketology. So, Ben, tell us what you think in high-level college basketball bracketology-wise. Um, bracketology is some of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, and I graduated college. Uh, <laughs> especially when, like last weekend, all the good teams lose, and then you have all these bad teams win who are off the tournament, and then they come back on, and you hit this – very hard. And it's not easy. And then you have to go through and match them up to their region and make sure they're not playing people in the same conference. Very difficult. But I'll have a new bracketology out tomorrow. All right. Go. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Ben will post that. Give Ben a follow. Ben, what's your Twitter handle for the folks who want to follow you? It's at Ben Terrell, T-E-R-R-A-L. All right. Well, folks, if you want to go look at a mastermind behind the scenes and go look at Ben's bracketology, He'll give you some. Ben, what are we betting on tonight? Or I guess, what are we looking at for tomorrow's lines? Have you looked at tomorrow's lines at all? Uh, I've not looked at tomorrow's lines, but for tonight, we had the Bryant team total, the the UNO Privateers team total, and the Southeastern Lions team total. Yep. Big, big Southland night, a lot of big Southland matchups. Southland's a high-scoring conference, so looking to see a lot of high scores in the Southland tonight. And, and before we get into the LSU preview, because that is going to be the first thing on our agenda tonight, folks, but I, I did want to give a shout out to the Southland Conference as a whole. The Southland Conference, they, they did a conference intro tournament before the season started. It, it didn't count against the 91's record, like for conference play, but the way they started the season was everyone in the Southland did a little tournament, and I, I think every conference should adapt that. That was beautiful. I love that. It was incredible. It was weekday, daytime basketball. I think it's a great way to kick off a conference slate. You know, I mean, you don't know any of these. I mean, you know that each other's teams, but there's new players. You get to play three of the teams in the conference just to kick off the year. You get a little, you know, some of these Southland teams probably not get invited to these preseason tournaments. So these teams get a little tournament experience playing back to back to back days and what it'll be like in the conference tournament. And maybe if they make the NCAA tournament. So it's a really cool idea. I'd like, to see i don't think the big conferences will do that but i think a lot of other smaller conferences should adopt that 
I agree. I'd love to see it out of the Patriot League because they basically had that last year. American East would be fun. Colonial would be fun. So there's that was that was on the cutting end of innovation. I, I really respected it. But let's get down to business. You're probably here tonight to to want to know our thoughts on the big LSU win last night. The the PMAC was rocking. Our own co-host Ben was in the uh, attending. So Ben, why don't you kick us off? Your thoughts on the game. The PMAC was rocking. The student section, I've never seen a line like this. It was from the top all the way down the ramp on the right side of the PMAC, all the way curling around the sidewalk, going toward the journalism building and curling back around the other side of the PMAC. The students filled it up. The The public didn't fill it up as quite much as you would like to, but it was an 8 o'clock game. But the students filled it to the rafters. It was loud. And LSU needed every single bit of the crowd, man. They needed every single bit of it outgunned, outmanned. A lot of freshmen on the court, a lot of sophomores on the court, Sharif on the court a lot, who doesn't have a ton of collegiate experience. And so they needed the crowd. I really think it helped towards the end. You know, they got four or five or six stops straight at the end. I think they ended the game on a 13-2 to run. And so they got a bunch of stops to end the game. And it was huge. I mean, to have those freshmen out there, have Justice out there, have Brandon Murray, Eric Gaines, Sharif O'Neal, not a lot of – not a lot of experience out there, and to get it done in the clutch, you know, they didn't play great the whole game at all. But those last four minutes, they played as good basketball as you could hope for, and they got it done. I mean, they needed a win. Can't lose four in a row. I don't care who's on the court. That's a that's a bubble team. That's not like you're playing a terrible team at all. It's a bubble team that's going to be a, right there at the edge at the end, and they got it done. It was a great win. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned the four in a row. You can't lose four in a row. A uh, little little stat of the night to, to start us off. Will Wade has never lost four in a row as coach of LSU Tigers, which is pretty damn impressive. But, I I mean, I, I share your sentiment. That was – I mean, that, that was as much of a must win as you could possibly have. And for you to have your backs against the wall like like they did when, you know, you're without days and Penson to start and then your best player, Tari Eason, gets hurt you needed people to really rise up and immediately your eyes glance to Eric Gaines and Brandon Murray Gaines. I've been pretty critical on, especially in the offensive end defensively. I think the guy's an absolute menace. He's one of the best defenders in the sec, but you know, when we previewed that game against Alabama, we kind of, we talked about point guards who are at the bottom of, of the league and turnover percentage and just assistant assist to turnover percentage and, you know, really taking care of the ball, Gaines was, you know, someone who who has struggled with that to start the year, but he he took he took care of the ball well enough last night. He had 16 huge points. You know, he made some clutch free throws at the end. Um, and at, at the college basketball level, free throws, offensive rebounds, and turnovers are pretty much how games are won for the most part. And LSU started the game 14 of 25 on the free throw line. That's not going to get it done, but they made 10 straight down the down the. Uh, down the stretch. So that was, that was huge. And ultimately that's pretty much what catapulted him over the, over the edge. What, uh, you know, Ben, from your angle, what, who was the player that you thought maybe you were, you were expecting something out of and kind of let you down for either Texas A&M or LSU. And then who's someone who really stepped up for you and you thought kind of had a huge performance. I mean, I don't want to be a dead drum here, but this should have been like, very advantageous matchup for Efton Reed. I mean, he should have taken advantage of the defenders he had on him. They did double him a little bit, but there was really nobody on this team that can guard him. I mean, Coleman's a decent defender, but 
he's six eight. I mean, he's got four inches on the kid, and uh, their other center didn't play that much. Let's see, he only played 11, 11 minutes, and he's a mess. He's just a jumble of arms and legs rolling around. And uh, I mean, another advantageous matchup that you would like to see Efton succeed in, man. And he struggled again, he wasn't strong with the ball around the rim. And but I do think they figured out something in that game last night with Efton. You know, I think he's way better as a swing swing man with the ball in his hands. You know, gr- receiving a pass at the top of the elbow, running the dribble handoff, and then crashing in. And I just need I need the post ups to stop. It's it's not effective. Even when he's getting doubled, he's not making great. He's doing okay, but he's not making great passes. It's not like his passes are leading the buckets. He's and not so, strong enough. He's not strong enough with the ball when he gets doubled. As soon as he gets doubled, he immediately kind of crumbles there. He's got you know not to not to interrupt you or anything, but you you were mentioning the passing and he he's got good vision, but you know you'd like to kind of use it when he gets doubled. You almost would want him to get doubled if he's if he's going to demonstrate the passing ability he has so far, but he hasn't really been able to use his passing ability when it comes to, when it comes to being double teamed. Yeah. And um, I mean, once he gets double teamed, once he gets too much pressure on him right now, he's not comfortable enough with the ball to make the right decision or go up strong. A lot of times last night, he could have just gone up strong and drawn a foul or gone up strong and maybe made the bucket. And he just doesn't do that. But I liked him as the swing man last night. It didn't translate into a ton of points or assists. You know, he had three points, one assist. He only played 19 minutes, foul trouble yet again. But he looked just way more comfortable on the outside right now. And I think, I mean, you were at some point in his career, he's going to be the post-up man. I, I can see it. I mean, he's going to gain muscle. He's going to get more comfortable. And he will be the post-up man. But right now, it's not him. And I think you have to play towards that if you're Will Wade. He has to be a little more on the perimeter. He has to be initiating the dribble handoffs. He did really well a couple of game, uh, a couple of times last night, initiating the dribble handoff and sliding off of it towards the rim. He caught one and got fouled and made a free throw. And I just think he's way more comfortable out there. And I don't know. I, the post-ups are not it. The post-ups are not it. Uh, like you said, I will say, I, I think some of his post-up play may have to do with he, he played for IMG, and when you're playing for IMG, I don't really think IMG is going to say, let's slow the ball in the half court and, you know, run it into the post. I think for the most part, they're pretty much fast-breaking the whole game. And when you watch Efton play, he can handle the ball pretty decently on the wings, and it's not a surprise why um, when you factor in the, you know, fact that he's played, he's only been playing basketball for five, six years. So, again, he's still someone who's so young and raw to the game. You know, I, I get he's a five-star, and if you look at the five-stars that Wade has gotten, most of them come in immediately and start to contribute. So I completely understand why fans are growing frustrated with him, but he's probably one of the more raw five-stars that we've had in terms of, yeah, he's going to be an end product eventually, but right now, you know, not not to be too harsh on the kid, but he's almost unplayable at times. So uh, I, I do kind of want to see more Sharif, and I really liked what I saw from Sharif last night, you know, three of five from the field. He had that huge three where he just shot the ball off confidence. He was crashing the boards. Um, you know, he had some turnover problems, but for the most part, I liked I liked what I saw from Sharif in his 20 minutes. You know, he took after his dad last night going 0 for 4 from the line, but besides that, pretty 
pretty great performance from him. Yeah, I was impressed by Sharif at all. If there's one thing I've learned about Sharif the last two seasons and the minimal games he's played is he's not scared of contact. He's tough. He's a, He goes into guys when he shoots the ball, and he shoots it with confidence. He had a nice little mid-range shot last night off a rebound, made that three in the corner, and he's just looking more and more confident as he's out there. It almost makes you think if he played the whole year last year, maybe he's a starter on this basketball team. I mean, each game... It seems like he gets more comfortable, gains more confidence, and he just looks a lot better out there. He, it seems like he plays bigger than his size almost. I mean, what is he's 6'10"? I didn't realize he was 6'10". He doesn't look like he's 6'10 out there. But he does he not plays, look like he's 6'10". I thought he was like 6'8". He might have he might have paid uh he might have paid the the guy to write that down in the uh, sports book. But man, uh, yeah, he played great last night. Another guy I was impressed by even though i mean it's not going to show it in the chat seat he had three points and two rebounds and wani wilkinson man he played great defense yet again he probably got four loose balls on the ground where he's diving on the ground and the ball is just rolling around got the ball and then made the biggest shot of the game i mean he only shot one time in the game and it was the biggest shot of the game it was huge because they were down three points if he misses that a&m's coming back down up three points with less than two minutes to go with the ball and that's going to be tough if they score right there. But I was impressed by Mwani a lot. I thought he showed a lot of uh, a lot of composure taking that shot. And as always, he does little things. He doesn't get credit. I know a lot of people that don't like him and then don't think he should be playing at all the minutes he does. But there's a reason Will always backs him up in the press. It's because he does the things that no one sees. He gets the loose balls. He's always in the right spot defensively. And I like Imwani as a player. I think he's a contributor to this team day in and day out. Yeah, and and another guy who really didn't, you know, if you look at the stat sheet, it's not very impressive. <clears throat> Two points, four rebounds, three assists, but someone I was really impressive and kind of talking about doing the doing the fundamentals right and and doing the little things right. Justice Williams, I was really impressed with him getting his first start of the season, his first start of the career, young. You know, young freshman from Philadelphia. I don't even is he even nineteen yet? No, he's still eighteen. At least, I mean, he's still eighteen. And again, I mean, you look at the stat sheet, and you're, you're gonna say, okay, what what is it, what did he do? But he does a really good job of taking care of the ball. He doesn't he doesn't really get rattled by pressure. He's a fundamentally sound player. He he actually knows how to throw an entry pass. Um, you know, uh, and he had he had one a few weeks ago where he got. He got ripped and he just a little, you know, processed it a little bit too late, but that's to be expected as a freshman. But I've been really impressed with his fundamentals and just his composure as as someone who's been thrusted into SEC play, you know, in the middle of his freshman season. So shout out to him. And again, you know, I, I want to reiterate your sentiment on Moani and and Fudge as well. I mean, they they do the dirty work right, and I get it. You know, you you, you want all of your players to be able to score and put the ball on the ground and, and get to the hoop. But Fudge and Milwaukee really aren't those kind of players, but they're extremely valuable when you factor in how good their defense is. This team's this team's got the number one defensive rating in the country for a reason. And, I mean, you, you kind of we, – we are who we are at this point. We know who LSU is, and they're a tough-nosed defensive team that every game's not going to be pretty in. First one to 70 is definitely going to win. It might be first one to 60, though, some games. Yeah, and from the AM side, I thought they really played well. I mean, they played their style of basketball. That's usually the formula for AM wins is 
Gordon gets going, Jackson gets going, and they play good defense. And I really thought, you know, going in that last five minutes, that this is AM's game to win. I mean, this is their formula. This is what they do when they play well, and this is what they do when they win games. They hang around all game. They never get, they never go away. They never got down by more than five or six points till the end. And they made shots, and that's what they do. Quentin Jackson comes off the bench, does a great job. He's a great scorer, and Gordon got it going, and it seemed like they were going to pull it off until those last four minutes So some great defensive stands by LSU, um, huge loose balls, great three-pointer by Mwani. Thing, uh, Gaines pulls off the little Tremont Waters, get your butt in front of the guy, and then fall. And then they just had to make free throws the rest of the way. After Mwani shot, they had just had to make free throws the rest of the way because they were getting stops. So it was a great win. I was just impressed by, you know, our closing five had almost no experience out there and they looked like they knew what they were doing. You know, Brandon Murray, Will says it all the time. He's wise behind his ears. He looks like a senior out there all the time. He just knows what he's doing. I saw him, you know, rallying the troops out there multiple times. I want to shout out X as well. X was out there, you know, if they weren't right after the play huddling up and talking to each other, X is like, come on, come on, huddle up, huddle up. And he's giving out instruction, and he's almost like a coach on the bench over there. X is doing a great job while he's hurt right now, you know, just continuing to be a leader. And they got it done. I mean, what else can you say? Yep. Uh, from one Big 12 team or a former Big 12 team, I, I, I mean, I guess they're an SEC t- team now, the way they're recruiting college football, as much as it pains me to say. But let's go to a current Big 12 team, and let's kind of preview LSU's next game against Texas Christian University, as well as the whole Big 12 SEC Challenge. Ben and I are going to play a little game where we're going to, you know, bowl pick them season, big confidence points. Uh, there's 10 games. We're going to sign a confidence score to each one of our picks as we preview the games, 10 being the most confident, one being the least confident. So, Ben, let's get started with this LSU TCU game now. And we're not just getting started with it first because we're LSU fans and this is kind of an LSU podcast, but it is the first game of the night. So kicking off at 11 a.m. Central, we got LSU visiting TCU. Ben, take it away. You know, TCU, you're going to look at their record and say, hey, man, they're sitting at 13 and four. They must be a pretty good team. And they are. They're, they're going to be a bubble team, I think, throughout the year. But their record's a little deceiving. They really haven't played the greatest competition until they got into the Big 12 play. Their biggest win of note is a road win at Iowa State which they played really well in, and they played good defense most nights. But uh, some of their other bigger games, they really haven't showed up. And, you know, this team kind of rides on the back of Mike Miles. They rely on him to score the basketball. He's he's averaging 15.4 right now in four assists. He handles the ball for the most point as well. And, you know, if you're LSU, just can't let him go off. It's kind of like this A&M game, even though they let Gordon Jackson go off. But, you know, they have Mike Miles, and usually in the games they win, he gets it going. And so I think that's the that's the key to this game for LSU. But uh, I mean, the other key is who you're going to have on the floor, I think, is really the biggest question mark in this game, because if you have everyone on the floor, you have a lot of matchups you like in this game. I mean, you have Darius and Tari and Efton going against Chuck O'Bannon, who's kind of an undersized big man. He's only standing at 6'6", 215. And. I mean, they should have matchups to exploit in this game. The other big man's six foot seven, so they should have a lot of height, a lot of physicality in this game. But who's going to be on the court? I mean, if if we have the same closing five we had the other night going into a road game, 
in another state, you know, kind of early sleepy game at 11 o'clock. I don't know. But as of right now, I'm going to assume that Tari's fine. I mean, just had cramps. He got an IV right after the game. He looked okay. He kept trying to go out there. I was very surprised that the box score said he played 27 minutes. I mean, how many of those were effective? Eight, 17? I mean, I would say, I'd say he probably played, you know, 19, 20 healthy minutes. And for him to be as productive as he, he was, um, I, I, you know, not to kind of go back to that game, but the guy was eight of nine from the line. And, you know, not, not that that's been, not that that's been a weak point of his game, but he's been kind of around that 60, 70%. So if, if Tari starts going eight of nine, eight of 10, nine of 11 from the, from the free throw line, the way he gets to the hole and gets fouled, that's that's winning basketball. And that's pretty much how LSU's going to have to win. I don't think he's going to play, to tell you the truth. I don't know if the Ace is going to play. I don't know if Penson's going to play. So these games are, are uh, hard to preview, obviously, because, I mean, I think if you follow college basketball at all, you you know that the injury reports are close to non-existent. And that's, that's pretty true across the board for all college sports, even football. So if they're non-existent at, at the college football level, they're definitely going to be non-existent at the college basketball level. But I'm, I'm probably not as confident uh, as LSU winning this game because of those injuries as you are. Um, but, but you, I mean, w- when you look at TCU, the only player you kind of have to focus on is Mike Miles, you know, four star from the Dallas Metro area played on that, played on the Texas Titans AAU program. The kid's an absolute stud. Jamie Dixon is really building something special in Fort Worth. You know, used to coach for Pittsburgh was, was a, always in the tournament with Pittsburgh, you know, number one seed a couple of years. Um, so I, I really like this TCU program and like what they're building, but this year they kind of have struggled and miles has struggled along with it. Um, you know, he's been pretty up and down. So as he goes, TCU goes, but he, you can turn him over. I mean, he had eight turnovers at, I mean, not at Nichols, but he had, um, he had eight turnovers against Nichols. So if Nichols can turn him over eight times, I'd, I'd like to think LSU could at least get five or six. And for that reason, I am going to pick LSU to win this game. Um, I'm only going to give him a confident score of three though. So three out of 10, um, just, I it, it really comes down to the injuries. I think if everyone's healthy, they win this game pretty easily, but without people being as healthy, um, in terms of like betting wise, what to look at, I would definitely look at the under. I, I mean, look at the under if it was anywhere above like the high 120s. If it yeah, got into I the mean, 130s, I would take the under. Yeah, if, if this game gets in the 130s, you have to take that under. I mean, I'm probably going to say the under is going to be like 126, 127. In terms of de- in terms of defensive efficiency, you're looking at two top 20 teams, TCU at 18th right now in the country and LSU at number one right now. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a slug fest. Uh, Ken Palm's got this game at sixty-two to fifty-seven. So, you know, sounds about everyone, right. It sounds about right. I agree. Uh, what would your spread be for this game, Ben? Uh, I'm gonna assume Tarisa plays. Uh, I mean, it's just cramps, really. I don't. I, I don't was know it? He, yeah, it was cramps. He said it was cramps. That's why he kept trying to go back out there, but he was just frustrated. It looked like he landed long, wrong, though. That's why. Nah, he just kind of fell one time because he was just so cramping oh, up. But gotcha. he got an IV. I saw he got an IV in his game. And, you know, he got carried off the court to the locker room, and he came back with the IV patch on his arm. So I'm going to assume Tari plays, and I'll give LSU minus three and a half on the road. And I give LSU a confidence score of five in this game, so right in the middle of these 10 games. 
But let's see. The next game, you want to talk about Baylor at Alabama. So, I mean, what more can you say about Alabama? You just never know what team you're going to get night to night. And, I mean, you have to you have to favor Baylor in this game. And Baylor is just the model of consistency in college basketball. And Alabama is the model of inconsistency in college basketball this season. And so I looked for this game to be high scoring. I looked for Baylor's guards to really get it going with not much perimeter defense. And um, I look for this game. I look for Baylor to get into the 80s. Probably 82, 72 win for Baylor on the road. Um, I mean, it's hard not to side with them. They just have way more scoring, I think, at all uh, levels of the basketball court. Look for Matthew Meyer really to get it going in this game. I think Alabama doesn't really have a guy to match his size and movement. And... Yeah, so I gave Baylor a confidence score of four in this matchup. By the way, you went completely out of order. This game's at uh, 3 p.m. Central, but that's fine. It's definitely a great game to preview. Um, Baylor going into Bama, 3 p.m. Central on ESPN. This is, I mean, like you said, this is going to be a good game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I got I got Baylor definitely winning. I My confidence score for Baylor is eight. Um Alabama's coming off of a loss to Georgia. Uh, I don't think I really need to say anything else, but yeah, I, I will say I will say this though about this game. Why why can't we just like pair them up at the beginning, like 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 right why, before? Why do we have to do it the season before? Right, it's just so ridiculous. Why can't we wait until like? Well, I guess there's got to be travel accommodation set up and tickets oh. and all that stuff. <laughs> But I get what you're saying. Why can't we do it like a month before? Or do it. I mean, if it was up to you and I. We need to see Baylor and Auburn. Is that what you're getting at? We want to see Baylor and Auburn play. I want to see Baylor and Auburn play. And you know what? They they got the the two-seed game right. I'll I'll say that much. The game, you know, the the two-seeds are playing essentially. But, yeah, I mean, Baylor is going to smack Alabama. I'm, I'm. I'm sorry, Bama, but y'all are, y'all are going to be on the ropes here. Akenjo, Akenjo against Quinterly. That's going to be that's going to be a hell of a matchup. You know, those two were in the same recruiting class. They went and at it all the time up in you know when they were coming up to the ranks and rec- as recruits. So, but let's go to the next game. Um, at 1 p.m. Central, we have OU visiting the number one ranked team in the country, Auburn, who just escaped a a scare in the zoo. Um, you know. For the first time all year, besides their loss in double OT, Auburn really looks vulnerable. So I'm sure that you're definitely taking the Sooners in this game, right, Ben? <laughs> I took Auburn and I gave them a score of 10. I don't see how Oklahoma hangs around this game unless Auburn didn't show up like they did in their last game. And man, that last game was ugly. I watched most of the second half. Jabari just could not find the couldn't find the rim, man. I mean, one of 14 shooting he went and it was a struggle katie johnson actually took him to the finish line late which was impressive by him but it was just a bad shooting night they didn't play particularly poorly but man they could just they couldn't throw it in the ocean i look for him to bounce back really big here and i don't think oklahoma can hang with them scoring was yeah jabari smith couldn't hit water if he fell out of the boat last night um you know, that's that's unfortunately how it goes. And 
you know, obviously he's going to plummet to like the fifth overall prospect now uh, by ESPN and all these draft analysts. Um, can can he even play at the next level? Some are saying he needs to come back to school. That's what I'm hearing. But yeah, I have Auburn confidence score of nine. I think the spread the spread in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's double digits. Auburn's probably going to run away with this. I will say Auburn did look vulnerable and. I don't think I don't think we should make a big deal about it and say, oh, they're definitely not a national title team because all these teams are beatable, right? Especially in a one-game elimination scenario. But the one thing I will say about Auburn that maybe made me a little bit wary of their March success, if Jabari is off, for the most part, their strategy is just get – get their head down with Katie Johnson and get to the hole and throw a lob to Walker Kessler. But you kind of saw the way you could beat Auburn if they're not hitting from the outside, because Bruce Pearl said after the game, when, when this team's struggling, he tells Katie Johnson to just go to the hole and to just barrow his head down like the running back he's built and get to the hole. But the problem is, College basketball officials love the charge. So you could easily see Katie Johnson potentially being three, four fouls into the game, getting that pivotal charge. Now he's out the game. They're not hitting. It's the lead eight. Oh my God, Auburn season ends. I, I don't think that's kind of out of the realm of possibility. Whereas maybe last week or two weeks ago, I'd say Auburn uh, kind of had cemented themselves as the number one team in the country. And it was Auburn and everyone else. But I think Auburn's kind of coming back to that pack where it's those, those elite four to five, six teams. So, but yeah, Auburn, I'm going to put the spread at 10 and a half in this game. And uh, you should definitely take Auburn in the points and whatever the over, over is as well. On to the next one o'clock game. We have the team that Auburn almost beat, almost lost to, I'm sorry, uh, Missouri at Iowa State. This is going to be my confidence score of 10 no offense, Mizzou fans, but you're just a different team on the road. At home, in the zoo, you're a great team on the road. Not so much, unfortunately. And Iowa State's kind of been slipping up. And no offense, but I think they're going to use this game as a, as a tune-up. So I have Iowa State probably as an eight-and-a-half-point favorites. So give me Iowa. I would, I would maybe lay the points, but... Definitely on the money line. Put them in a money line parlay. I got 10 points for them. And this game's on ESPNU if you want to watch it. Yeah, it's tough to leave the points with Iowa State, just the way they go through scoring droughts. But uh, I obviously also took Iowa State in this game. They are, like Mizzou, much better, like the majority of the teams in the country, a much better home team. Uh, they have a great crowd there. And I give this a confidence score of eight. And I actually think this spread might get the double digits. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Missouri didn't score 50 points in this game. I mean, Iowa State have done it to teams this year where they just lock them down the whole game, and Missouri is notorious for having scoring droughts. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Iowa State locked them down for the majority of this game. Yeah, Missouri Missouri plays very similar to LSU where their games are sloppy, and they kind of caught Auburn in that mutt muck where Auburn got mucked up and they almost stole one but I don't think you're gonna be able to muck up muck it up with Iowa State because Iowa State embraces embraces the muck so give me the Cyclones big in this game but 
like you said, the way they play, Big's probably going to be like six points. So, and the last of the 1 p.m. Central games, we have West Virginia visiting Arkansas in Bud Walton Arena. And this game is going to be on ESPN2 for those of you that want to watch. Arkansas, Ben, don't look now, but they are starting to heat up. The Razorbacks are coming for our ass. Um, you know, t- take it away. W- what you got in this game? This will be a good one. This feels like a game you should watch. It's on ESPN2 for a reason. I think this game comes down to the last shot or two. I have Arkansas, and I put them as one because I th- really think this is going to be the game of the uh, game of the day. This is going to be a barn burner. These two teams are honestly pretty similar. They rely on their scoring guards to really get it going. They play pretty decent defense, and they like to run. And, I mean, it's really all going to be about the Taz Sherman, Sean McNeil to J.D. Note matchup, Chris Leakes, if he can get it going. And just who's shooting better, really, I think, in this game is going to prevail. I'll take Arkansas just because they're at home, but I put this as a one on my confidence. Yeah, you and I are right there with each other. This game's going to be an absolute war. I have Arkansas with two points confidence. And I'd say, I mean, two points is probably gonna, what the spread's going to be. I'd, I'd say Arkansas two and a half, uh, two points. But it's, it's going to be a war. I, I do think ultimately Arkansas – with Eric Musselman returning from that crazy rotator cuff surgery that he has, which get better soon, coach. Um, but Walton Arena is going to be rocking. I, I think the Razorbacks are going to steal it here late. All right, so the next game at 3 o'clock is Kansas State at Ole Miss, and you should not watch this game. No, These are don't. Two, two teams that are not very good, even though I will say Kansas State – um, I do think Kansas as... State's going to make the tournament. Um, Bruce Weber is a great coach, and he can kind of get more out of this team. Um, last year when Iowa State was the greatest 2-21 and team ever, I thought Kansas State was probably what – what did they have? Three wins, one win. I mean, they were they were equally as horrible last year, and I thought they were an awesome uh, one-win, two-win coach team. So I, I have Kansas State actually pretty high. I have seven points confidence. I, I liked – I liked um, the Ole Miss coach. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, help me out here. Uh, he used oh, to coach at uh, Middle Davis. Tennessee. Yeah. He was a Middle Tennessee coach, right? Looks like Elmer Fudd. Yes, he was. Yeah. Because uh, he was actually he was actually rumored to potentially get the LSU job before Wade got it. But I liked the Kermit Davis hire when Ole Miss made it. You know, Ole Miss has invested a lot into their basketball facilities, which, hey, LSU, take fucking note. If Ole Miss can invest in their basketball facilities, maybe you should too. But I don't. I think the honeymoon's kind of worn off, and Ole Miss is Ole Miss is in trouble, man. That that program is not going where you think it would, and it's it's kind of surprising. Uh, you you think they'd be able to get enough talent out of Jackson and and like go to Montgomery, go to Birmingham, go to you know Baton Rouge, go to New Orleans, but well, LSU's getting a four star at Jackson next year. So, I mean, yeah. I think they're kind of getting picked around with LSU and Alabama and Auburn kind of coming into their state and taking players. I will say I really do like the freshman point guard, Ruffin, and in the games that they played well this year, he's really got it going. He's an undersized guard, but, man, he plays with a lot of physicality. He likes to get to the rim. Not the best shooter quite yet, even though he shot really well in high school. But I think uh, in a couple of years' time, you'll be talking about Ruffin as a – the best player on his team and one of the best players in the conference. I really think he's a good player, but 
Yeah, I'm with you, man. I got can I like the way Kansas State's played lately. You know, they lost by 25 in their last game to Baylor, but before that, they really had Kansas at home and they let it slip right at the end. Um, should have won that game, honestly. And then they had a road win at Texas and beat Texas Tech at home. They're just a stingy team, you know, they're only 10 and 9, so they do have a lot of work to do to actually get in the tournament, but they don't have any terrible losses that are really going to hurt them. So if they can get to a decent record here, I think you're right. I think they may be able to sniff the tournament, but the Big 12 is so hard, man. I mean, it's a war every single night, so we'll see. But, yeah, I like Kansas State in this game, and I also had it as a seven on my confidence. Yeah. Uh, speaking of roughing, though, it wouldn't be the first time that Ole Miss has a small, undersized guard leading them. Uh, Shout-out Stephon Moody. Shout out Devontae Schuler. Yeah, yeah. Ole Miss loves their undersized guards that can just fill it up. So, but yeah, let's let's get away from that game. You don't you don't want to watch that game at three at three p.m. Central. You should be watching Baylor at Bama. Um, and Troopy told you probably shouldn't. Oh wait, do I? We you made your this. pick. Okay, you made your pick as well. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. But at uh, three p.m., we have OK State at Florida. Uh, this is a game. game. This is a game I have no feel for. Give me OK State. Uh, I have OK State one point confidence. I don't have a feel for it. Uh, Castleton may play. He may not play. And Florida goes as Castleton go. I will say this game is in UF. So take that for what it's worth. Um, most of the games are are on SEC sites, it seems. Although now the, the night slate is pretty much all Big Twelve, so should be half and half. Um, I like Florida in this game. It just feels like the season's slipping away from them, and they kind of got to have this one to get the season back on track here. Get healthy, maybe we'll make a run at it. You know, their next three games are against Missouri, Ole Miss, and Georgia. Feels like they could rattle off three wins there. And um, if Castleton plays, I love his matchup in this game. He doesn't. I, I still like Florida at home. You know, they have a great home court crowd and they can just score, I think, just a little bit better than Oklahoma State. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma State really hasn't played great on the road this season. I say that, but they did beat Baylor on the road. But other than that, they haven't played awesome on the road. But uh, I like Florida and a close one. And uh, I gave this a six on my confidence. No, I gave it a five. Excuse me. The next game okay. is Miss. Oh no, Kentucky at Kansas at five o'clock on ESPN. Yeah, this is this is you know if um if Kansas State Ole Miss was the snooze fest of the day where you probably should sleep through it. This is the game you don't want to miss, right? You got two blue bloods. These two teams are probably always going to match up for with each other. I mean, Kentucky was horrible last year. For the most part, they try to pair everything up with. Oh, this team was equal to this team, and and kind of go from there. But they didn't. They didn't want LSU and Kansas get matched up, so they they threw Kentucky, who was horrible in SEC play last year and just horrible overall, at Lawrence in Allen Fieldhouse, five p.m. Central. I mean, this is this is it. This is what ESPN's clamoring for, and it, and you already know it's on the the main channel. I actually have Kentucky going into kansas and stealing this one give me kentucky with five points of confidence i'm gonna go i'm gonna swing for the fence and try to beat you here this kansas team i don't know uh something ain't right 
something ain't right. I don't know why you get Remy Martin to not play Remy Martin. And I get it. Ogbaji especially is probably going to win national player of the year just because, you know, that's, that's how this stuff goes. How he plays for Kansas. I'm familiar with them. National player of the year. I don't, I don't know if they really have the firepower to go toe to toe with Kentucky, the way Kentucky's playing Kentucky's, Kentucky's kind of hitting their gear right now, and it's a good thing LSU got that quality win when they did because Kentucky's going to keep skyrocketing. And I told you last week, I think Kentucky's going to make it to a two seed. I'm telling you, this is this is kind of where that journey starts right here. Huge Kansas win. What would you make the line for this as well? I'd make it Kansas short, probably Kansas minus two. That's it. I'd say Kansas two and a hook. I'm going to push back on you a little bit. I don't care who uh, – Igbaji plays for. Igbaji is my leader for National Player of the Year. This kid is incredible, man. I mean, he, day, night in, night out, he just hits shots, huge shots in these games. At the end of these games, he's on the floor almost every single minute. I mean, I'm seeing, I'm looking at a bunch of 40 minute, 38 minute, 39 minute, 33, 36 minute game logs he's putting in. He's he's carrying this team and. I don't know what more you can say about him. And Christian Braun's doing a great job of being his sidekick. Christian Braun's up to 15 points. I love Christian Braun as a player. I think he's really smart. He's a great shooter. He's a good handle the, of the ball. He's averaging six rebounds for a guard. You know, he's six foot six. He plays to every single bit of that. But uh, I think Kansas gets this at home. I just think shooting-wise, I think Baji and Braun – you know, bring a little bit more shooting to this Kansas team than Kentucky does. I will say Toshibwe should run a muck in this game. You know, Cormick's going to have a big, uh, big challenge ahead of him, and we'll see if he can be up to it. But I think this will be a high-scoring game. I think both teams get into the high 70s, maybe 80s, and I think Baji hits a shot at the end to win like he's been doing all season. So give me Kansas and – I mean, this could go either way, though, and I only gave it a two, but give me Kansas at home in the fog. Okay. okay. I respect it. Mississippi State at Texas Tech is also happening at 5 p.m. on ESPN2. And I got to tell you, this is this is probably the best secondary game that, that you're going to see. Um, you know, the other games that are happening on at the same time aren't nearly as good, but Mississippi at Texas Tech is a sneaky good game. Um, I have Texas Tech taking this one, though, with Tech at six points confidence. Tech's probably going to be five, five-and-a-half-point favorites here, in my opinion. Lubbock, despite that early run in in football with Mike Leach, and, you know, I, I get it, it's Texas. Texas uh, football is always going to be king. I think Lubbock's kind of a basketball school right now, and it, it doesn't it doesn't matter if Chris Beard's still there. Texas Tech really cares about the basketball. The fans really show out, and this is going to be too much of a hostile environment for Mississippi State to win. I will say it's going to be great exposure for them, and um, I, I think it's kind of going to, you know, obviously there's no such thing as moral victories to every coach, but it might be something that later on in the season – they're going to use this as not extra motivation because that's cheesy, but maybe learn from their mistakes and maybe not be as rattled if they go into a hostile environment like in LSU or like in Auburn. Yeah, and I think because of that, uh, I'd say Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech is kind of like LSU. You know, at home, they really ratchet up the defense, feed off the crowd, and get a lot of turnovers going. 
and I think that's what happens in this game. I don't. I like Iverson Molinar a lot, but I don't think he could do enough to keep them in this game. And I like Texas Tech a lot in this game. I gave them a confidence score nine. I really think they're going to pull this game out. You know, they lost to Kansas State on the 15th, and since then they've been playing really elevated basketball. They beat Iowa State by 12 at home. They beat West Virginia by 13 at home. And then, I mean, they should have had that game at Kansas the other night. I mean, Igbaji just kept hitting three-pointers right when Kansas were dead. He would just step up and hit a three-pointer, and, you know, they couldn't get out of there with the win, but they played awesome. I'll continue to be impressed by this Red Raider team. You know, they didn't have Shannon to start the season. They've had some guys go out here and there, and they just keep stepping up. They just keep having guys step up and continue to be impressed by Adonis Arms. I think he's been doing a great job. And, um, yeah, I'll give this to Texas Tech. I mean, Texas Tech is going to make a run at a top three. I think they're definitely going to be a top four seed. I think they can make a run at a three seed, maybe and slide up into a two if they get if they can somehow pull out this regular season title or win the conference tournament. Really impressed by Texas Tech under their first-year head coach after replacing Chris Beard. Did not see this coming. You know, they had some guys transfer out, had some guys transfer back in, and those guys have been really stepping up for this team. So I like Texas Texas Tech a lot. If you like defense, Saturday the Big 12 SEC Challenge is for you. Texas Tech's right now fourth in in adjusted defensive efficiency in, in the country. This this Saturday slate features let's let's see in the Big Twelve you have Texas Tech's fourth in defensive efficiency, Baylor's sixth in defensive efficiency, Iowa State's ninth ninth in defensive efficiency, Oklahoma State's twelfth in defensive efficiency. You have Texas at thirteenth. You have TCU at eighteen. You have OU at twenty one. Then for the SEC you get LSU at one. You have Tennessee at five. You have Auburn at 11, uh, and that's it for the SEC. So, I mean, in, ter- in terms of defense, it, it's going it's gonna to be basketball porn for you if you love guys just sliding their feet, traps, great double teams, great defensive rotations, baseline uh, rotations, and just great help defense. It's, this is the kind of basketball for you. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be exciting. Bet, bet a lot of unders. And I think in this nightcap, you should also take the under. We got Tennessee at Texas. Probably a better game that if you looked at it before the season started than you thought. I mean, Texas has been kind of underwhelming, and that's why I'm going to take Tennessee in this game. You know, Texas, the games they've played against teams who play really good defense, they've struggled to score the basketball, and Tennessee – I mean, they're what top 10 in defensive efficiency. They're a really good defensive team. You know, they played Okie State, who you said was a really good defensive team. They scored 56 points. They did come out with a win, but they played Iowa State. They got the 70. They played Kansas State. They scored 65. They played Okie State. They scored 51. And so when they come up against teams that play good defense, they don't produce offensively. And uh, I think Tennessee hits enough threes to get this game. And I took Tennessee, and I gave it a confident, um, confident score of a four. Okay. Yeah, I gave, I gave the Vols a confidence. Actually, I didn't give the Vols. I forgot. I got a little upset here. Um, it's not gonna be upset. Texas is probably gonna be favored. I think. You think Texas is gonna be favored? Yeah, I think they'll be favored just because they're at home. They have a technically good record, and I think the public is gonna want to bet Texas okay. in this game, so that they'll give Texas a 
minus yeah, point I, half. Well, I've I've Texas four points to win the game. Um, I the stat that kind of surprised me. Well, it's not. It's it's two stats. It's I did a little chart earlier, and it's defensive rating and assist to turnover. And the reason I did this chart, Ben, was because I wanted to see what teams play elite defense but also protect the ball. And the reason I wanted to see this was because last night in the LSU game, I was losing my mind. And the reason I was losing my mind is LSU plays way too good of defense and turns way too many teams over to be as careless with the basketball as they are. And turns out the data pretty much backs that up. In terms of assist to turnover ratio, they have a negative assist to turnover ratio. They're at like 0.85 in the country, which is, is just awful. Like that's that's not where you want to be. It's it's towards it's towards the back half of big time uh, power six college basketball. But obviously they have that high defensive rating. So the teams with the plus defensive rating and actually protect the basketball. I was pleasantly surprised to see Texas was in this group. I mean, you have Marquette, Duke, Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, Baylor, UConn, Kansas and Nova. And I think for the most part, those are teams we expect Xavier, uh, Arkansas is right on that line. So those are teams we expect, but I was a little surprised to see Texas there because yeah, that, that is kind of Chris Beard's MO, but Texas has not really started the season all that strong. I do think they are starting to come to form with the, with that big win against TCU a couple nights nights ago, they beat OK State in a close one. Yeah, they lost to Kansas State, which isn't the best win, but I mean, which isn't the best loss, but that's kind of Big Twelve basketball for you. So, I, I like I like Texas to defend home court. Unfortunately for the SEC, so give me Texas. I mean, Texas has all the talent. Oh, they, they definitely do to win any game they want. But man, I mean, gotta look at Marcus Carr for their slow start to the season. I mean, he's supposed to be one of the highly coveted transfers of this last offseason. Hasn't even broken 40% shooting, 32% from the three-point line. He's only giving you 11 points, three rebounds for... I mean, he was supposed to be the top point guard transfer prospect out there, and everyone was trying to get him. LSU was trying to get him. Kentucky was trying to get him. And he ended up going to Texas. But what I don't like about this game is... Texas really leaned on Timmy Allen and Trey Mitchell to kind of carry them to score the basketball when they're not shooting well. And I don't know if they're, you know, they're both kind of undersized big men. I don't know if they have the best matchups in this game. Uh, you know, Plas- Plaskovich or whatever his name is for Tennessee has been playing a lot better, especially defensively. I think Fulkerson is probably about the same size as these guys. I don't. I just don't think they're going to take advantage the way they have been in Big 12 play of being physical. I think Tennessee is going to match their physicalness. Speaking of Plaskovich, I think he might be my least favorite player in college basketball now. The dude is just a classic Serbian, man. He's just <laughs> on the floor looking for a fight every single night. Did you see the, the end of the Florida game? They walked off throwing fists at each other. I, I, didn't, even, I just know I didn't even Plaskovich was in the center of it. I didn't even need to see it to know Plaskovich was in the center of it. I, I, I don't think I've still looked at it in close detail, but I, I know Plaskovich was in the center of it. They're going through the handshake lines of the end game. Somebody said something. Florida dude turns around, starts running after him. They start throwing fists. But yeah. 
it's helped this team. I mean, whether you like it or not, I don't like him at all, but it's helped this team. It's given, it's given them an edge. You could see it kind of turned around in that LSU home game they had. It's given them sort of this edge where they're a grimy team now. They're world against us, and we're going to beat you up off the floor. And uh, I just think Texas is not going to be tough enough for this game. I really think Tennessee is going to be physical with them. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I think Kennedy Chandler is going to win his matchup against Marcus Carr, but it should be a really good game. I'm excited to watch that game. Yeah, that's going to be a great game. Um, if you were to rank the three best games of the weekend, what would they be for j- just one, that just that CC Big 12 challenge? Number one has got to be Kansas-Kentucky. I just think because this is going to be an offensive explosion in this game. I think both teams really have good offensive mismatches. Um, number two – I would say this Tennessee-Texas game, just because it's really fascinating, I think seeing how these teams match up with each other, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. And then third, I would go Arkansas-West Virginia. Kind of a big game for – you don't want to say – it's kind of a loser-goes-home game for West Virginia. They kind of really need this one to get turned around because it's not like you're going to run a slate through the Big 12. I mean, you're just not going to run off – four, five, six wins in the Big 12. So they kind of need this one. You know, Arkansas is looking like they're definitely going to be a tournament team now, so it'd be a big win for West Virginia. I think they match up well in this game, and uh, I think that'll be a really fun game. I think both teams probably get going from three in this game. It'll be a really fun game to watch. Yeah, that that's why that's why my score for the Arkansas game was, was so low confidence, if only Arkansas too. I, I think West Virginia has to have that. I I entirely agree with, with your – with your three, I would say that Baylor, Baylor, Alabama is probably going to be the most, I don't want to say fun game, but it's going to be the most scoring game and just up tempo and teams just getting up and down the court. So that game is going to be really fun to watch. Should be a great Saturday basketball. We're looking forward to it. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to this Saturday. We're going to definitely recap that Saturday. Ben, anything else for the listeners? No, that's all I got. If, I mean, we're looking to another great weekend of college basketball. We even have some good games on Friday and on Sunday. I know uh, tomorrow night we got Boise going to Fresno, which is things to be a really good game. You know, I think everyone should keep their eyes on Boise, looking like they're going to be able to situate themselves as a uh, automatic qualifier team. Now with these wins they're racking up, they just keep racking up these – tight wins in the mountain west huge win over wyoming last or uh, a couple nights ago and man i think you just gotta watch out for boise i think they're following the blueprint of a lot of great teams this year they're they're really getting it done with the on the defensive end they're traveling with their defense they're really holding teams to low scoring and i think uh if you're looking for something to do tomorrow night at 10 o'clock central time i think you should turn on a fs1 and watch boise at fresno Huge big man matchup with Orlando Robinson for Fresno and for uh, Max. What's his name? Max Armis for Boise State. It'd be really fun to watch. So if you're looking for something to do tomorrow night, turn on FS1, watch this Boise State team go to work. Love it. Love it. Well, I don't have anything else. Thanks for listening as always. Like, subscribe, rank us, all that stuff. Uh, any feedback, please let us know. We're always trying to improve, always trying to get better. But as always, thanks for listening. See you. Bye.